Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in, uh, in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scorpio McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you have to miss them, you go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can find them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this show, Second City Sports. You can subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor, we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Just make sure you type this in your search engine box. Is you ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions on any of our sports topics during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something stupid. I'm giving Lakina football to give you fools to beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> Before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now on Roku TV. That's right. Liam Hendricks likes it and so should you. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. You have a Roku television. Just go into the sports section and type in Sports on Chicago and you'll be able to access our programming right there. For those of you that don't have a Roku TV, you can download the Roku TV app on your laptop, television, iPhone, wherever you, you have a uh, watching device. Make sure you access our program on Sports Zone Chicago. You can watch us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can watch us when we go live, or you can watch us on demand later because I know we all have life and other responsibilities to take care of. You can watch us later. So once again, Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. Mm-hmm. Let's get this thing started, Lakina, by discussing baseball. In particular, Chicago baseball, the Southside Hitmen, they split the four-game series with the second-place Cleveland Guardians, uh, losing the first two games of the series on Friday 
in the first half of that doubleheader on Saturday, but bounced back with a primetime win on Saturday night in front of a semi-national audience, and they won yesterday in Sunday afternoon's uh, series finale behind Dilly Cease's four strikeout, six shutout inning performance. The White Sox are back to a 500 once they began this time last week at the All-Star break. Now they have an important two-game road trip before coming home for a big three-game weekend series against the two worst teams in all of baseball. They head out on the road today to face the Colorado Rockies tomorrow and, and Wednesday before having another off day on Thursday and then hosting the one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in baseball, coming up uh, next weekend in the Ultra Athletics. Lakina, I'll make this short and simple. If you don't make your move now, when are you going to? Well, they salvaged their series. I think you forgot to use the word salvage against the Guardians. And, of course, we 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 said it, Sidio, during our, our discussion about this on Friday that they'll probably, you know, they should win three out of four. I mean, they could win three out of four, but knowing this team, they split, and that's exactly what they did. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. Hit, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got, they got the best of Jane, uh, Shane Bieber, I should say, yesterday, but – you know, you probably tell his schedule was a little bit off because of the All Star break and such. But again, you all, you lost the game because it's the Twins, the Twins, uh, the Twins with their series with you know, you know one two out. Well, they split their series with the Tigers, so yeah, you, you lost the game. So you really you're back to where you started before the All second half of the All Star break. So you know, you really didn't do too much. I mean, yes, you know, the hitting and such, but again, there was a lot of fielding mistakes and such. So especially in that you know, Thursday and Friday game. So it was you know, game one, a doubleheader, I should say. So it was, it was one of those things where you're like, the, the needle hasn't moved much for me when, as far as the White House are concerned. Now, yes, you're, you're, you're going to be facing Colorado and Coors Field, and we know how Coors Field is and such, how weird that field is at times. So, and also, too, sort of like you know, the same thing, and also, too, with Oakland. You know, we know Oakland's terrible, but – we know that the Sox don't you know, really do too well against Oakland. So it's sort of one of those things where you kind of like, you just don't know what to think. I don't like everybody wants to say, Hey, you know, this might be the time for them to, uh, to get into it, but you know, like, eh, whatever. A couple of things that you had to be encouraged about. If you're a White Sox fan, one, the bats are starting to heat up and they're actually starting to heat up at home because Lakina for the majority of the first half of the season, the White Sox couldn't do anything positive at home, but, this past weekend in the last two games for the White Sox, Eloy Jimenez, who got hit uh, around the wrist area on Friday, uh, he was okay. He, he set out the first game of that doubleheader on Saturday. He had back-to-back -back home runs in yesterday and Saturday night's victory over the Cleveland Guardians. A.J. Pollock, who's been struggling over the last month, he had that game-winning hit on Saturday night to give the White Sox the victory there. And he had a big two-run home run yesterday. So hopefully things are turning around for, for A.J. Pollock. Also, too, Leary legend, Leary Garcia, who's been the butt of everybody's jokes, and rightfully so at times uh, this year. He came up big with a big two-run home run yesterday to help the Sox to a 6-3 victory. The bats are starting to heat up. Lakina, I know Yasmani Grandal is back. It's going to take him some time to get back. But Tim Anderson is still doing his thing. He's got to sharpen it up on the field just like everybody else. But I'm encouraged what I'm starting to see from this White Sox offense. They didn't bring it Friday for whatever reason. Lakina, I thought that team was walking around uh, uh, dead face. It's just going through the motions. But they did turn it around in the, in the doubleheader on Saturday, even though they were not rewarded in that first game on Saturday. They were rewarded in the nightcap. And then what happened again yesterday against Shane Beaver. Now, I thought they were going to win the game yesterday. I thought it was going to be a little bit tougher than uh, we all originally thought. But they jumped on to the mistakes of, of Shane Bieber from the Guardians yesterday. Bieber's uh, two of the, of the three home runs that Bieber gave up 
uh, his breaking ball was not breaking yesterday. It broke in the middle of the plate, and the White Sox uh, batters took advantage of that. So what this White Sox team was known for last year is taking advantage of other teams' mistakes. They did that the last couple of games. Hopefully that training will continue. They had to do it more consistently, though, and that's the thing. Yeah, That's why people like me are not sold on the White Sox yet. We keep, we're waiting, you know, look, you're getting it, you know, you're almost in August now, you know, we're kind of like, you're into you know, like that little push. So I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to be more consistent. They haven't showed it to me yet. So, okay. Yeah. You got Colorado, you got Oakland you know, coming up this week, but again, weird things happen in those series as well. So I'm not, look, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm going to hold off on, okay. They, they can make a move and such. So like there are four games out and such they're about i think they're like about five games out of the wild card but that last wild card spot i should say but okay mm-hmm. fine you know i okay okay just you know it's it's okay like i said mm-hmm. like i said i'm not i'm not i'm not building about the white side at this point because just when you thought that maybe they're 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 at 500 now but can they get over 500 and and so so i'm like like i said i'm at that point where i'm like okay you know what show me you're gonna have to show me for me to maybe believe that you can you can you know come back and win the AL Central. Now I said this on our show last Friday, Lakina. One person that had that has to show me that that this team is serious about making a playoff push, and that's Lance Lynn. And I said this on 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 our last show. He needs to have a 2005 Jose Contreras type run to make me believe that he's a top pitcher in the White Sox rotation next to Dylan Cease. He did that on Saturday. I was at the game. He had uh, six innings of shutout baseball with six strikeouts. He had better command on the mound. We all know that Cleveland, uh, when, when healthy, they're one of the best young hitting lineups in baseball with Stephen Kwan leading at the top, Jose Ramirez, and you have Ramirez Reyes as well. And let's be honest here, even though Lance Lynn, this is his sec- second month back from his injury, uh, like you said, Lakeen, this is not his his first uh, go around. This is not his first radio. He needs to put up a shut up. He he hit, got off to a great start on Saturday. Now he deserved the win, but uh, the Mel Relief uh, gave it up before AJ Pollock saved him in the eighth inning there on Saturday. But Lance Lake got off to a nice start. Hopefully he can keep it going from now to the end of the season. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. Now in closing, before we you know go to the Cubs and you know, the rest of the MLB. I think for for me, I think like I said, I, I I'm kind of in that sort of like okay, yeah, they're supposed to have like the quote unquote easiest schedule left in the majors in the second half. Okay, great. You split against your division rivals. That's not going to win you the division. I'm sorry, it's not. So I'm um, I'm waiting for them to kind of make that move. Now, again, they play Kansas City after the Oakland series. They got four against at Texas. You know, also against KC and such. So you need to make a move. You know, this is the time to do it. So. If not, you're going to be right back where you started. So I don't know what more can I say. I mean, you know, you got Detroit, then you got Houston, who's been in our role, and then you got Cleveland again. They got that mega game against Kansas City and on the 22nd of August. Then you have Baltimore. We'll see how they look. You know, they're showing that they're not pushovers either. So, again, this is sort of like weird things. And plus, you know, take care of it. At, you know, look, take care of your stuff at home. You split the series against you know, the Guardians. But, yeah, you need to take care. They got a, they got a better record on the road than they do at home. Most of the games that are going to be left, especially once we get closer and closer to September, you're going to be making up for a lot of those home games. So you need to start winning at home and also, too, on the road. you got a decent record on the road, but you need to win your games at home. And that's what they're not doing now. Let's switch over to the north side. It's looking at the 38-57 and 57 Chicago Cubs. They're currently on a three-game winning streak after sweeping the Philadelphia Phillies in the city of brotherly love yesterday. <laughs> the the Cubs behind Jan Gomes's two dingers uh, defeated the Philadelphia Phillies by the score of four to three. 
Wilson Contreras is still uh, uh, swinging the bat well. Are we watching his last days as a member of the Chicago Cubs? I say yes. Could a couple other veterans uh, be joining that list with Contreras? I say yes. In particular, Ian Happ and closer Dave Robertson. Lakina Velasquez had a home run yesterday. He had a couple home runs in, in the series as well. As we said, Lakina, well, you do not let, get mad at the Cubs for a lack of effort. They show it every night. They just don't have the talent. But uh, but this weekend in the city of brotherly, brotherly love, the offense uh, 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 came alive. Those bats were hot. And we, we shouldn't be surprised at what we what we seen from this Cubs office. As we said, Lakina, once they get it going, even though it's in short spurts, and they show you what they're capable of, they did it again this weekend. Yeah, first time you know, sweeping the Phillies in Philly since, I think, 08 was when the Phillies won the World Series. Mm -hmm. So I think this is sort of like this a strange, uh, sort of a strange sort of like, you know, series here. They, they jump on them, you know, on Friday. You know, they just they just pounded the Phillies 15-2, to two, you know, led by Velasquez. Like you said, he had two home runs, drove in five, and I think he had like about like, like, like drove in like, I think like nine uh, RBIs mm -hmm. overall in that series. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of a weird, you know, I guess. So if you're sort of like one of those weird things that happened, I, I guess, in the, when sort of like starting the second half, it was, you know, going off to Smiley had his best outing, you know, best quality start of the season had six innings. So, you know, really solid innings. So I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think, look, the, you could probably say that the Cubs, you know, didn't have a lack of effort. You can't really say that about them. So they get mm -hmm. the pirates. So, It'll be interesting to see what they what they do here, but like I said, we'll see. Look, you know, Contreras, you know, Hap, you know, because Dave Robinson, because some of those, because could some of not all those guys could be gone in the next you know week or two. We'll see, but uh, yeah, I think if you're a coaster, you gotta be feeling, you know, okay, all right, okay, guess what? What's what the Phillies? Okay, cool, but you know. And also, they got some great starting pitches, especially from from Justin Steele on Friday. Uh, he was helped up by a, a great offensive output. Uh, by by his teammates, but let's not underestimate that the Cubs starting staff. And like I said, Justice Steele's been good. Uh, Keegan Thompson's been good ever since he got into that starting rotation in, in the middle of May. You still have Kyle Hendricks uh, and Marcus Stroman, which is now off the IL. And so, uh, when this Cubs team is clicking on all cylinders, uh, they could compete with anybody. Are they going to win most of the time? No. But as I said before, you cannot accuse them of quitting or having a lack of effort. They, they'll give you that every night. And I think thanks to their manager, David Ross. But uh, when they give you uh, hope and spurts, uh, this is the potential that, that that we see in the Cubs. Which is all you want. I think you want something to kind of build off, build off of now. Mm -hmm. Will they be ready to win next year? Probably not. But I think you want to have a building block. You sort of want to build into like maybe more and more that maybe you can have, you can kind of, you can kind of get a contender. You so build yourself into a perhaps a contained team within the next year or two. That because you need something to sell to the cup to the Cubs fans. Cause at this point, you're probably thinking, you know, people are ambivalent. They're kind of like, oh, they split the Phillies. Okay. And they just go about their business. So <laughs> yeah, this is sort of like one of those sort of like, okay, this is a nice you know, nice, you know, notch. You'll kind of threw the Phillies off a little bit and you know, sweeping them. So but yeah, it's sort of one of those things you're kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Like, let's move on. So what yeah. what caught your eye? Well, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, before we move on up uh, the, to the rest of baseball, who did the game with Jason Benetti yesterday? I, it was him, John Crocker. Who represented the Cubs in the booth yesterday for Peacock? I, I, I you know what? I didn't watch. I didn't like watch that game yesterday, so I, I couldn't tell you who okay. you know, who was there. But uh, I'll look it up right quick. But uh, let's see here. But yeah, you go, go ahead. Tell tell me what uh what caught your eye at MLB this week. 
Yeah, we'll call my from the round the diamond over the weekend. Uh, the San Francisco Giants, uh, you can kiss their playoff hopes goodbye. Uh, they got swept in a four-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Los Angeles Angels, uh, their playoff hopes vanished when they fired Joe Mena almost a month ago. Uh, they lose two out of three to the Atlanta Braves. I know the, the Angels won yesterday to avoid being swept, but uh, the Angels with Shohei Itani and Mike Trout, uh, those guys do not deserve what's been happening to them uh, playing for that franchise. That's that's just unbelievable. But uh, speaking of Baltimore that you brought up earlier, Ken, they, lo- they lose two out of three to the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge hit his 37th home run yesterday as a part of a 6 nothing win. Uh, Aaron Judge called me crazy, but he's your leader in the clubhouse for American League MVP. Yeah, you know, he's already at 35 home runs. In the team, this is the first 95 games of the season. Joining Babe Ruth, who did it, you know, four times. So it, it's it's crazy that uh, you know all the things they're doing. I think he is probably like right there in the clubhouse for MVP. Now staying in that AL East, uh, did you see what happened in the Red the Blue Jays Red Sox series? I sh- you know I should ask. Yeah, Boston uh, needed Tom Brady, <laughs> especially yeah. on Friday. <laughs> yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, we'll say you know, twenty eight to five on Friday. If you guys missed the score, Ramel Tapia, you know, hit a, a hit just a third inside the park home, home the third inside the park grand slam. You know, this millennium, you know, it's sort of like, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's the second time a Blue Jay has done that in inside the park home run. You know, you got to go way back to Junior Fees, all the way back in '89, also at Fenway. So go figure there. But uh, yeah, uh, just a not a good showing by if you're you could probably you know. The Red Sox is sort of, you know, playoff chances took a bit of a hit, you know, with that performance. Oh, yeah. So it was just like, what the hell happened here? But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if like, you know, they've won five in a row, six in a row, I should say, going back to right before the All Star break, the Blue are. So they're starting to kind of find their rhythm as well. So I mean, oh, gosh. And you know, for those of you who are wondering, those other two, uh, those other two games, they were only like four to one and nine to eight to four, I should say, yesterday. So you're like, okay, <laughs> that was sort of like, but uh, yeah, just 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 insane. And uh, I guess El- Elvis Duran, I guess, couldn't find the where the ball was initially. So like, uh, and then like it went over his head and it hit the light. So it was, uh, like, where, <laughs> where, where did where did it happen? So yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> which way did he go? <laughs> yeah, I'll say yeah. Red Red the yeah, Red Sox fans, mm, you better hope we can kind of you know get back on track here. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay losing two out of three to Kansas City. So the Cincinnati Reds taking care of the Cardinals uh, in the Queen City. Uh, go uh, look out there, and then Milwaukee in a strange four-game uh, weekend series, which wraps up today. They take care of the Rockies in the first three games so so far in the Cheese State. And your Mariners, Lakina, they got swept at home by the Houston Astros as order was restored, quote unquote, in the AL West. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was sort of like yeah. Well, also too, uh, Julio Rodriguez. I guess his wrist. I guess he got hurt his wrist you know, during the home run derby. So. He hasn't hadn't played those last three games. You know, the first three games coming back, so they're actually going to do an MRI as we speak. So hopefully, it's not too serious that he has to do an IL stint. But uh, but you know, look, Altuve hit a you know hit a, a couple of home runs in that during that series. So it's a, it's sort of like okay, it's kind of cheater. Weird, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fine. <laughs> and also, too, the New York Mets uh, avoided being swept as they won last night eight to two over the San Diego Padres. Yeah, so another of uh, interesting uh, series, sort of like a very like I said, like some of the weird things that happen in some of those series. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I guess so. Like their their first week back, you know, weird things happen. So we'll see if they can, you know, we'll keep up with some of those going into the schedule for 
Monday going in through Wednesday, uh, Miami and Cincy. You got Atlanta and Philly. You know, Philly hoping to uh, get that taste of, you know, losing to the Cubs, sweeping being swept by the Cubs out of their mouths. Tampa Bay hoping to get back on track. They face a tough Baltimore team that's had, who's had their number this so far this season, uh, Cleveland mm-hmm. and Boston. That should be a fun one. Boston hoping to get you know, the stench from the Blue Jays series out of their system as well. Detroit hosting San Diego, uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Chicago. They they started a new. <laughs> this actually this is actually a, you know they started a new series as well. The Angels and Kansas City, Colorado and Milwaukee. You know this is actually a makeup game, so. You know, finishing up that series, Houston and Oakland, San Francisco and Arizona, Texas and Seattle, and Washington and the Dodgers. And a couple of series that will start tomorrow on Tuesday is the interleague series. You have St. Louis at Toronto, and you have the Battle of the Subway Series. Some people think this could be a preview of this year's World Series. I doubt it, but <laughs> it'll be the New York Yankees visiting the New York Mets in in City Field uh, for a quick two-game series in that one. So that's your schedule for this upcoming week in Major League Baseball starting tonight and tomorrow. All right, our baseball. We'll talk more baseball. We'll talk about baseball later. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame and such as the induction happened on you know yesterday. So we'll talk more about that. But we're going to go to the gridiron now. NFL training camps open up all over including the Bears. They open up you know, later this week. We're going to have our buddy, Whitney City Gridiron's Lester Wiltfong, you know, to join us to preview the Bears and sort of, uh, well, I guess you could say what to expect, but they actually had a really good signing that might be familiar to some hockey fans as well. So along with Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second State Sports, on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Here's a deep drive to left off the bat of Velasquez. Get out the tape measure long gone. The action on the Cubs radio network 4-3. The win over the Phillies on Sunday. Jan Gomes hit a pair of home runs, helping the Cubs complete a three-game sweep. Nelson Velasquez also went deep for Chicago, who won four straight. Drew Smiley retired his first 14 batters. He gave up one earned run on four hits with four strikeouts and no walks. David Robertson pitched out of a jam in a scoreless ninth for his 14th save of the season. Back, and that baby's gone! The action on the White Sox radio network, 6-3, the win over the Guardians on Sunday in Chicago. The American League Central rivals split a four-game series. The White Sox third in the division, four games out of first. The Guardians are second, three games behind the first-place Twins. Just days away from the start of Bears training camp, all players due to report by tomorrow. The first public practice this Thursday at 10 a.m. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Select styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 
peanut butter cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? All right, welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. I'm Lakina McGee along with Sydney Brown. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Scrub McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, this SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Don't forget, you can watch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. Uh, you, if you have a Roku television, just Click on the sports section and type in Sports on Chicago to access our programming live and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Just feels like it, and you should too. Get up, Chicago. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. You have a question in comment for our next guest, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. The Bears will start training camp as their first practice is on Wednesday. The rookies have already reported to Hallis Hall, and the veterans uh, will be reported by tomorrow. So the first practice will be held on Wednesday. And to help us preview Bears training camp and a whole lot more, that's our good friend of the program from Windy City, Great Army. Let's please welcome back to the program Mr. Lester Wilfong Jr. Lester, welcome back to the show. How are you? Doing good. How about you guys? We're doing Thank fine. Doing fine. Yeah, football is here. We have more content as usual. Uh, the NFL uh, doesn't, it, they don't do it any better like anybody else. So, and this is a, a great time of year. Year round NFL is the best. It's the best way to go. It's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, let's start off with the, uh, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, Lester. Uh, uh, despite the, all the other issues on the roster, which we'll get to uh, uh, coming up. But what do you expect out of Mr. Fields a year number two uh, in the Bears uniform? Yeah, I'm excited to see his development. I mean, last year, yeah, he, he had some time in, in the games. You know, he had some, uh, some some mistakes. He had some flashes, some good, some bad. But it's just a, a bad situation all around for him in that Matt Nagy offense. It wasn't the best fit for him. Uh, they didn't really cater things to his skill set. So, you know, he'll take that experience from a year ago. He'll apply it to what he, what he has to, to learn here in the NFL. But but now in, in the brand new Luke Getzey scheme, more of a, a Kyle Shanahan esque system, it's going to fit his skill set better. So I'm excited to see him grow within the uh, within the offense. And you know there'll still be some growing pains, but you know it's it's going to be a fun journey to watch as Bears fans because I mean I I really think this is the guy. I think he will eventually become the franchise quarterback for the Bears, and that's been a, a long time coming. Well, since Sid sort of stole my question about uh, <laughs> about uh, Justin Fields, now let, well, let's go to the defense for a second. Do you? Well, we'll just get this question out the way too. Do you think that uh, Robert Quinn will be a Bear by the end of the season? No, I don't. I think at some point he'll be traded. Uh, you know, my best guess is they're just waiting for the right offer. I think if you know, we'll see if he reports. I mean, he has to report by tomorrow. Uh, first practice, of course, is on Wednesday. You know, he elected to stay home for the entire offseason workout program, including the stuff that was mandatory. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, there really hasn't been nothing out there about him being unhappy with the situation. There has been a few reports about him, you know, be willing to be traded. The Bears, of course, probably would like to do the same. You know, he's 32 years old. He's, he's a, a, a top pass rusher in the league. 
the future with him in Chicago probably doesn't make any sense. So I think if they can move him, whether it's in camp or whether it's, you know, preseason or at the trade deadline, I think it's going to happen at some point. Going back to the office, Leslie, speaking of, of Luke Getzey, the new office of coordinator, the running kind of like a Kyle Shanahan style type office. How much do you expect the Bears to run the ball this year? Because with new head coach Matt Eberflus coming over from Indianapolis, of course, Jonathan Taylor led the league in rushing last year. Do you expect the same from David Montgomery uh, to lead the league in rushing? Not not just that, but do you expect them to carry the a ball a whole lot more in this office, or do you think some of that? Well, he'll shoulder some, just some of that low relief by Khalil Herbert, the, also the second year running back. Yeah, I wouldn't be, I don't think it's going to be a, a 50 50 split, but I would not be surprised Khalil Herbert to get a little more action than he did a season ago. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, Herbert really only got time, you know, those four games when, when there was an injury to Montgomery. So, you know, mm-hmm. this year, you know, the scheme will be a little bit more uh, run heavy than what we've seen in the past. And that's good. That fits into what the Bears want to do. A lot of play action, a lot of bootleg stuff. So, you know, get the run game going with Montgomery and Herbert. Um, I think both guys are, are good fits uh, with Herbert. He has a little bit more more breakaway speed, but it's not like Montgomery is slow. I think he's he's fine. <laughs> He'll still do some stuff on the on the. Uh, inside zone stuff he'll hit some hit some uh wide zone stuff on occasion but you know it's a it's a good mix for the bears it's a good problem to have have two capable running backs in the nfl how big of a of you know how big of an impact will Nikhil harry have for the bears and of course he was very highly talented coming from arizona state um didn't didn't work out over in uh, new england so uh now that he's been traded to the bears do you see him actually contributing right away yeah, I think he'll he'll contribute a little bit. It's hard to say how much. I mean, he's coming in probably as the X receiver right now. The Bears did sign uh, Equinemius St. Brown to kind of man that spot. But, you know, now they have two guys there that can do that. Harry, of course, has a, has a much higher pedigree, a former first-round draft pick. Um, you know, he comes in. He's a he's a pretty good blocker. So we'll kind of see how the Bears kind of inc- incorporate his skill set into the team. But, you know, an, another big-bodied player. Um, we'll kind of see how, how he wins the job. But I do expect him to be on the team. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, the Monday edition. Sid Lakin here with you. We're hanging out with our good friend Lester Wilfon Jr. from Windy City. Great iron. Let's go to the offensive line with Lester. We have perhaps two, perhaps three starters in Larry Borum, uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who I really like a lot. And, of course, Cordy right here, the, uh, the, the should-be Pro Bowl veteran. Uh, what other two – What other? Uh, uh, the, uh, there's two, perhaps two spots up up spots up left in the offensive line who's going to bow for those positions in camp you know the the pickup of, of michael schofield today is really big for the team i expected a veteran to be added at some point um and the bears waited you know they right up until camp was about to start so you know i think he should slide right into the right guard spot uh which now your interior should be set you know, with with Whitehair, Patrick, and and Schofield, so it, it's all about those tackles. I mean, right now they have three guys in competition there: uh, Braxton Jones, the rookie's been getting some reps at the left side; uh, Tevin Jenkins, some reps at the right side; Larry Borum on the right side. I, I think when it's all said and done, I think what probably happens is Jenkins, like you, I'm high on Jenkins. I, I loved his college tape. I thought he was, you know, pretty good uh, as a rookie in, in his in his few reps he did have. Uh, so I think once the pads come on. I think Jenkins will will assert his dominance as as a run blocker. Um, he's he has pretty quick feet for a pass blocker. I think it's Jenkins on the right side. I think it's going to be Braxton Jones, the rookie, on the left side. And then I think Larry Borum is going to be your your first uh, tackle off the bench. Yeah, going back to Schofield, you know he played 15 games and 12 starts 
last season for the Chargers. And of course, you know, for all you hockey fans out there, you, you know who his wife is. You know, the very accomplished uh, Kendall Coyne Schofield, who now uh, works in the front office for the Blackhawks. Now, Valus Jones was uh, someone that, you know, he's 25, I think he's 26 now, but yeah, you know, that his age is a little bit of concern. Is, is it because I, I look? I saw him at Tennessee, and I think you know he's a very productive player. Even though the team wasn't very good, he was one of the few bright spots on there. So, what do you think? Do you think you see him contributing right away? Yeah, I think he'll be in the mix right away. I mean, it's twenty five, twenty six. I mean, this is a draft class. A lot of guys have are a little older because of the of the COVID year. A lot of guys, you know, elected to stay in an extra season. You know, so the Bears have quite a few guys. You know, it's not just the Bears; it's league wide. A lot of guys are a little older this year, but you know, he comes in with a level of maturity. Um, he, he understands his job as a pro, and uh, he kind of has a bit of a leg up on some of the other uh, really, really uh, younger guys in camp because he does have that, you know, mentality. So I don't think he'll start off the bat. I think he's going to be in the mix. But as a returner, um, as as kind of a, a gadget type player, you know, they're going to scheme some looks for him. I mean, he has legit four three speed. He's great with the ball in his hands. So I think it's a chance for the Bears to have a weapon here. And to be another one of those guys that that can help Justin Fields with some yard depth for the catch. Sticking with that wide receiver group, Lester, Darnell Mooney, we saw some potential from him last year. We saw some flashes. Some people think that he could be a number one receiver. I don't see that just yet. We need to see more of him. What do you expect from the uh, from the sophomore wide receiver in, his, in the Bears uniform for 2022? Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good year last year, uh, 80 catches, 1,000 yards receiving. You know, he may not be a traditional wide receiver one that a lot of guys think of when, when they look at him, but he is that for the Bears. I mean, he's their top targeted guy last year. He will be again this year. You know, as long as he's healthy, I mean, he's a good route runner. He has great speed. You know, him and Justin Fields have a really good connection. So I'm expecting another big season from Mooney. Now, I'll go to the defense for a second. They're going to a they're going to a four four three. The Bears are, and other than you think Eddie Jackson kind of be back to me in that productive corner that well, safety I should say that we saw yeah. in those first few years. He better. I mean, this is a a much better scheme fit for him. You know, uh, he will be asked to play a bit more uh, back and center field, kind of a you know. The, that style of play again uh it's more read and react uh, a much more zone than we've seen in the last couple of years now eddie jackson's pretty good covering out of the slot you know but but i think he'll thrive being able to be back and if they can get jake on brisker in camp which is key you know his skill set really matches what what happens with eddie jackson back there lesser Wilfong jr from ready city gridiron is joining us right here on the second city sports monday edition live in the 11 color on sports on chicago sid lakina here with you staying with that defense Jalen Johnson, when he's healthy, he's one of the best young defensive backs in the league. Uh, who's going to compete to start alongside him uh, in that second spot? It's got to be Kyler Gordon, the rookie. I mean, he had some injuries uh, during the OTAs. Um, you know, the Bears have kind of downplayed it. We'll kind of see what happens here with camp uh, opening up here in a couple of days. But if he's healthy, I expect him to win that spot. Um, I'm, I'm just not – I don't have a lot of belief in the guys that are there behind him. I think uh, Kendall Vildor – he should be better in this scheme. He's physical. He is a little bit better in zone. So I think if a guy like him is is forced to start, I think it's not the worst thing because, like I said, the scheme is a bit better for him. But it's got to be Gordon. Gordon. Gordon and Johnson should make up a pretty good young uh, a, a secondary for the Bears. Now going to like that front seven, other than Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, who could who can contribute right away in that scheme? I think the uh, the the two newcomers, Justin Jones and and, and Nick Morrow, um, uh, 
D-tackle and linebacker. I think those guys are going to be uh, starters right off the start. And I believe both guys, you know, coming off of pretty good seasons the last time they each played, you know, they should really help. Again, it's all about the scheme fit. Justin Jones plays that that, that three-tech spot, something a little different than what he did in, with, with the Chargers, but I think he's a good fit for that. He has a good first-step explosiveness. And then with Morrow, I think he just has the speed where it would be a good compliment to, to, to Roquan Smith. Yeah, sticking with that linebacking core, of course, uh, excluding Robert Cree, we assume that he's going to be gone prior to the season opener. You have World Cross Smith, uh, but I'm looking at Travis Gibson. He looked great in spots last year. Uh, do you think he'll be the at least the, uh, the second uh, second in tackles or perhaps sacks on this team this year as the, as, as the Bears are transitioning to young in an active defense? Yeah, he'll be in the mix for sure. I mean, uh, you know, right now they brought in uh, – uh, Al-Qadim Muhammad from the Colts, you know, he may be in line to start, you know, with, with Quinn. If Quinn is traded, though, it's going to be Gibson's job right there. So I think with, with Gibson, whether he starts or not, he'll be in the mix off the edge quite a bit. He had like seven sacks this season ago in, in, in spot starts. Um, I think he had five, five forced fumbles. You know, so I'm high on Gibson. I'm high on all the young, the young, the young, the young pastors for the Bears. There's a lot of talent there. You know, got to see them all step up. And I think the quicker they all step up, the quicker the Bears may be willing to trade Robert Quinn. How about Cole Komet? I mean, are we going to see him shining in this new uh, offensive scheme? We haven't we haven't really seen him in the last couple of years since they drafted him. So are we going to actually see him a little bit more now? I mean, I hope so. I think he's a good fit for the scheme. I mean, he is more of a traditional uh, blocking tight end, the style that he plays. He's not really the move guy that the Bears kind of wanted him to be, but but that's fine. I mean, he had 60 catches a season ago. You know, he is he is productive for who he is. Uh, at that position, it takes guys a little bit longer to kind of, you know, get ready for the NFL level. He's He was drafted, I think, at 20, 21 years old, so he's still fairly young. Um, but I think the production should be there. I'm not expecting a, a pro bowl out of Cole Komet, but I think he, he, for what the bears want him to do, want him to be, he could be very productive in this scheme. We heading down the home stretch with our good friend, Lester Wilfon Jr. From Windy city grid on here on second city sports, the Monday edition right here on sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, Lester. I did bring up Justin Fields earlier, but I'll circle back to his position. And we all know this is a hot topic around these parts of Chicago. And that's the back of quarterback position. Maybe this is, uh, is good that then we're not discussing this yet because camp has started, but uh, the Bears signed Tra- Trevor Simeon, Northwestern product, in the offseason, and, and they brought in Nathan Peterman. I I cannot see uh, uh, from the light of me that the Bears are going to carry three quarterbacks. Uh, Justin Fields is going to be the starter, of course, but who's going to be the odd man out for for his for his backup services? Yeah, I think Peterman is destined for the practice squad. I mean, okay. I, again, I, I, like you, I can't see the Bears carrying three quarterbacks. You know, I think with the way the, the practice squad rules are the last couple of years, it gives us some flexibility. So it's good to have that number three guy being on the practice squad. Um, and I think it's going to be Peterman. He's just, you know, his career in the NFL has not been the best. He He's okay as your three, but you don't, you do not want to see Peterman force into any kind of action at all for the Bears. It'll be interesting to see in that. Now we'll see in that sense, because I think Peterman could be a good mentor for Fields, but like you said, I mean, it will be interesting if they they may not. The training thing now is that not keeping three quarterbacks on the roster. So we'll see uh, what happens there now. Who on the O-line? We, we talked about Jenkins earlier and Larry Borum. Who else in that O-line could probably perhaps maybe be as a starter? Yeah, we talked about the guys kind of most mostly in the mix. You know, they had Sam Mus- uh, Sam Muster was lined up at right guard, uh, but with with the with the with the, the, the 
brand new signing today with with Schofield. He's kind of moved to the bench. He should be your swing guy. You know, um, the one guy to kind of look out for possibly could be the mixer is rookie Zach Thomas um, at right guard. He's a a converted tackle, you know, but, but I like his upside. I like watching his film. I think his skill set works good at guard. It'll be fun to watch him in camp, see how he competes for that, for that right guard spot. Head coach Matt Eberflus, when he was introduced to the to the Chicago media months ago, Lester, I got the impression that he's going to hold guys accountable, which this yeah. team lacked under the Matt Nagy era, and he's going to go back to the old school Lovey Smith type of way of, especially on defenses, getting guys in shape, and so they uh, uh, attack the ball carrier and create turnovers. Uh, what was your first impressions uh, listening to uh, Matt Eberflus throughout the offseason uh, in, in his pressers to the media? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't my top choice, you know, when the Bears were, were actually trying, you know, trying to find a brand new head coach. But since they brought him in, you know, every time he's had a chance to talk, I really like his philosophy. Um, I think it is going to be a good fit for this Bears. It's a good culture shift um, going from what they had with Nagy. Not to say it was a bad culture prior, but it's just different. You know, the accountability, <laughs> the the hits principally he's putting in there, the 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 track in the loafs. You know, it reminds Bears fans what they had back in in, in the uh, – Lovey Smith here. So it's it's a good it's a good defense. Um, it's not the same Tampa 2 that Bears ran back then. There's been a lot of tweaks to it made, which obviously obviously it has to be, be uh more modernized for the today's NFL. But I think it's a good defense, it's a good philosophy to have, and I'm excited to see how the defense all comes together. Now, how about on the offense? Now you said earlier that you think that Fields could probably shine this this particular scheme. Do you, do you think so? Or are you worried about the old line on what they may or may not be able to do, trying to protect him? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about the old line, uh, but today's signing uh, kind of helps that a little bit. Again, if the interior is solidified, you know, there's some things you can work around with tackle. Um, if if one of those tackles really steps up and, and it excels, I think they'll be fine. Uh, again, right now it's three young guys all competing for the tackle spot. But but th- this scheme, it's a proven scheme. It's 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 a little more run heavy, like I said. You know, it's it's the bootlegs, it's the play action. You know, it's things we saw Justin Fields thrive at a season ago. You know, his his numbers, you know, when he was when he uh, for for the play action passes, he was really good in. He was really good when he was throwing the ball when he was outside the pocket. Those two things he'll be asked to do in this scheme. For some reason, the Matt Nagy didn't want to let him do it very often last year, even though he was good at it. So I think what he does, what he brings to the table is a great fit for this new scheme. Plus, you know, they're building the scheme around him and his skill set. So we should see some runs. You know, he, he, he has 4-4 has, uh, speed. So get him out on the move. Let him make some plays with his feet. I think it's going to be fun for Bears fans. Last moment or two with Lester Wilfon Jr. from Rindy City Gridiron right here on Sports on Chicago, Second City Sports. Sid McKinnon here with you. Uh, Lester, for those of you watching on YouTube, obviously, and those of you that especially listening back on our replay at War and going on the podcast, I have a picture of Roquan Smith behind me in the new Bears' orange color rush uniforms. What do you think about those uniforms? They're going to wear it twice uh, in the 2022 season. Do you like them or did you just ditch them? I am not a fan of the orange jersey, so I'm even less a fan of the orange helmet. Um, but I understand <laughs> it's 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 all about marketing. You know, it's it's about yeah. the the product on the field. So I understand why they're doing the the the, the, the brand new helmets. I would have liked to see though instead of the the classic C. If you're going to go alternate, mix it up. Have the bear on the side of the helmet or something else like that. But mm. you know, it's 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 it is what it is. It's fine. It's I'm just not a fan of the of orange as the primary color. Yeah, look, look like the old orange crush from back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's sort of like, you know, like very like a tangerine orange type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, it could be a little bit of a choir taster for some people now. Uh, Lester, and we'll, we'll probably have you on, you know, halfway through the season with the Bears going by. 
Now, with a quote-unquote easy schedule, I'm doing yeah. the air quotes here for those of you uh, who are watching this on YouTube and on uh, Roku and on the Facebook, what do, you, what do you think the record's going to be, the Bears' record, I should say? I mean, it would be nice if they're pushing for a playoff spot. And in the NFC, it's possible. I mean, anything's possible in the NFC. But I'm thinking if they're around six, seven wins, I think that would be fine. As long as the young players, Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, you know, as long as these guys are developing and we're seeing that progress because, you know, the way the roster is constructed, it's more of a, of a build for the future kind of thing. So I'm guessing six wins, maybe seven wins. Um, if everything goes perfect, maybe they're pushing, you know, closer to eight. But um, I, I'd be okay with the losing record, as like I said, as long as the uh, the young guys are developing and as long as we see the potential from Justin Fields. Last question from me, Lester. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers coming here to Soldier Field to face the Bears on the opening day on September 11th. Who do you think the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers would be? It's got to be the rookie Lance. I think they're going to trade Garoppolo okay. at some point. Um, even if they don't trade him, I think I think that franchise is ready. I think they want to go to the to the young guy. They want to see what he has, and uh, you know he'll he'll bring that excitement because he's you know he has the speed. Um, he, he's a he's 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 he has a really strong arm. Um, I just think they're ready to make a change. They they just seem like they don't believe in Garoppolo long term. So pull the bandit off. You know, get get the young guy in there. All right, Lester. Thank you again, as always. Thank you so much for joining mm -hmm. us today. Uh, where people can find you and all your your great content on Windy City Gridiron. WindyCityGridiron.com. Uh, we have a podcast channel as well. We got a video channel, Second City Gridiron, and then of course I'm on Twitter at WiltFongJR. All right, Lester. Thank you very much for joining us once again on the program today. You keep up the great work, young man. As Lakina said, we'll have you on again at some point this season. It should be an interesting one, uh, good, bad, and or ugly. So <laughs> we, the Bears always gives us a lot to talk about. This season shouldn't be any different. Thanks. Thank you once again for joining us. You could much continued success. Okay. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Lester. Stay safe. You too. All right, right, once that's, again, that's uh, yeah, yeah that's Lester Wilfon Jr. from Windy City Green. Are you uh, joining us here on Second City Sports, uh, the Monday edition live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago? Looking, we have a couple minutes left before we close up shop for hour number one. I'll be honest with you, Lakina. Maybe when it, the day actually comes, we actually start to see and hear some progress. I'll probably get more excited, but I don't know about you. I am excited, but I'm not excited. Excited, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <You're> so, <laughs> because so you know, like... we, we hear all, we heard all the hype throughout the off season. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, what is head coach Matt Eberflus going to do? Uh, what are the players are going to look like? Uh, you know, there's some, almost so many limited uh, activities they could do in these off season mini camps and what have you. But we're really going to start to see the real deal come Wednesday when they, the whole team holds its first practice at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest. Yeah, we'll get to like the real, like the real, like mean potatoes of it, especially once exactly. we start doing our divisional previews. But I, I feel like you know, look, Michael Schofield he was actually a really solid uh, O line, O line guy, and also some of the other guys that they picked up as well. So I mean, you know, Nikhil Henry, Harry. I mean, I'm not really expecting too much from him. I mean, you know, yeah, this game is more sort of you know subtle for him, but again, mm -hmm. you don't know what you're gonna get from. From them and from that old line, like I said, that old line, and we've been talking about this for like the last like you know few weeks since we started you know yeah. you know counting down. 
that old line is really the concern. I mean, will Jenkins stay healthy? That's another thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, how about being the new guys like Willie Wright and Lucas Patrick? I mean, well, how are those guys are going to look? And also on the defense, this is going to look a completely different defense. You know, the one really go you know, two of your solid guys. I mean, Robert Quinn, he might be gone before, you know, the halfway through the season. And we know that Khalil Mack is gone too. So that's going to be interesting. And also too, like a lot of the O's is going to be on Roquan and see what he does and such, especially now he's on a contract year. How motivated mm-hmm. will he be? So that that whole thing, I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm not expecting much from the Bears either, but you know, like I said, that'll be fun to talk about with nothing else, and we'll see how Justin Fields <laughs> is. And you know, hopefully he'll stay upright for the most part. I mean, I know they have a you know an easy schedule again. I'm doing the air quotes again. Yeah, but uh I'm not I'm joining really, with uh, you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right. I mean, I'm not expecting a lot. What about you? Uh, like I said, I'll give I'll give out my final predictions once uh, uh, the preseason closes out. But I'm with you. I'm pessimistic, but kind of optimistic at the same time with that with the offensive line. Of course, that's been the problem over the last three or four years. I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. I told you, Lakina, we talked about it last year. Uh, we uh, he stood up for his teammates uh, during the Monday night game against Minnesota last year. That should be the template of this Bears team. You're not gonna are willing to go out and help your teammate and stand next to your brother, you shouldn't be on the team. So I like Tevin Jenkins a lot, but the success of any quarterback, in particular Justin Fields, who's trying to find out if he's a franchise quarterback or not, is going to depend on the health of the offensive line. And whoever that starting uh, group of offensive linemen will be, uh, you you know this, Lakin, it takes time for them to get the schemes down, to gel together, both on and off the field to get the system down. So those things take time. And this is going to be a, a, an important year in training camp to help figure that out. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, what happens with that one. Now uh, I saw, uh, if you saw uh, the press conference, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot did just a little bit ago. And apparently I guess they have like a, uh, like a footprint of the uh, new uh, uh, you know, uh, potential dome over Soldier Field. I mean, it doesn't look too bad, but it might be too little too late. I mean, they might be trying to maybe do some other stuff with it, but I don't know if you saw it yet, Sid. But uh, what I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'll say you might look at look look at yeah, look it up you know, during the break. I know it's already like making the rounds on uh, Twitter and such. So what okay. sort of you know like, but I, I think well, you know, look, well, this will probably be official with the Arlington thing until like maybe the end of the year. So a lot mm-hmm. can still happen, but I don't know. I mean, it's just sort of like yeah. a, it's house. <laughs> Here's the thing, Lakina. Uh, we talked about this before. Okay, let's just say they get the approval, quote unquote, approval to put the I call it the winter hat over the over the Soldier Field. Does that guarantee you a Final Four? No. Does it guarantee you a Super Bowl? No. That stadium still forty thousand seat capacity strong. By them moving out, and I read an article. I forgot where I read it this morning, but the NFL wants the Bears to move out to Arlington Heights because they could build that 60000 to eighty thousand seat stadium. They, uh, the Bears would control a whole lot more of that parking money, along with all the other concessions and restaurants around that new stadium. Right now, they don't control that money as far as Social Fields concerned, because that's owned by the Chicago Park District. So, by them moving out to Arlington Heights business-wise, it's going to help them a lot. So I'm with you. That dome project is too little too late. Yes, a lot still can happen. But business-wise, it helps them to move out uh, to Arlington Heights. As we said before, it's going to bring a whole lot of other events, and not just sporting events, but outside of sports as well. But but definitely other sporting events as the Big Ten uh, football championship, basketball too, if they don't want to play at the United Center. But in person, I like it at the UC. But mm-hmm. the Big Ten Conference football championship, uh, a Super Bowl, NCAA college basketball final four, 
or maybe when the college football playoff expands in a few years, uh, a site for a college football playoff. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> or just a college game, game, bowl game in general. I mean, they exactly. Yeah. Game, you know, yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not there? So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure we'll be talking about this again, you know, coming up in the coming. Yeah, months, again. So, <laughs> again. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move right along. So our number one in the books, our number two, straight ahead. We're going to recap uh, the uh, baseball hall of fame ceremonies yesterday. You know, Long couple of long overdue uh inductions, you know, enshrinements, I, sh- I should say. Also, too, could Jason Benetti be on his way to to Fox? Hmm. Also, too, we got all kinds of cool NFL stuff coming up. Yes, and, it has a list. It has a list. Yes, he does. <laughs> well, somebody else, too, but we'll we'll man. we'll review it. <laughs> well, yeah, and also too, uh, are we doing old school TV Monday, Sid? Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> All right, let me just see what uh, show. Like I said, I don't know until he tells me. So uh, you're you're pretty surprised <laughs> like I am. But uh, with that said, Cindy Brown, the King of McGee, Second City Sports on Sports in Chicago. We'll, we'll you'll stay right there for hour number two. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Here's a deep drive to left off the bat of Velasquez. Get out the tape measure long gone. The action on the Cubs radio network 4-3. The win over the Phillies on Sunday. Jan Gomes hit a pair of home runs, helping the Cubs complete a three-game sweep. Nelson Velasquez also went deep for Chicago, who've won four straight. Drew Smiley retired his first 14 batters. He gave up one earned run on four hits with four strikeouts and no walks. David Robertson pitched out of a jam in a scoreless ninth for his 14th save of the season. Back, and that baby's gone! The action on the White Sox radio network, 6-3, the win over the Guardians on Sunday in Chicago. The American League Central rivals split a four-game series. The White Sox third in the division, four games out of first. The Guardians are second, three games behind the first-place Twins. Just days away from the start of Bears training camp, all players due to report by tomorrow. The first public practice this Thursday at 10 a.m. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Select styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off or in July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color of the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. 
You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. As we have less than an hour left of this extravagance, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. And don't you forget, you can watch us now on Roku TV. That's right, Roku TV is your uh, new home to. Catch Sports Zone Chicago. That's right. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV. You have a Roku television already. Just click on the sports section and type in Sports Zone Chicago. The app will go right there next to that HBO Max app. All the other apps that you have displayed on your television screen. If you don't have a Roku television, what are you waiting for? Purchase a Roku television today, or you can download the Roku TV app on your laptop iPhone, uh, any other listening and watching uh, uh, viewable device. And you can access our program live or on demand 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and seven days a week. So once again, Roku TV is now available. Uh, Sports on Chicago is now available, rather, on Roku TV. All right. And also, I want to pay off that, uh, that uh, question you asked earlier. That was a former Cub, Ryan Sweeney, who was part of that uh, telecast with Jason Benetti and John Crook yesterday with the Cubs and Phillies okay. game on Peacock. We'll get to Mr. Benetti, some news about him, you know, potentially <laughs> in just a bit. But we're going to you know, go to Cooperstown for a second and talk some Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame, of course, David Ortiz, Big Puppy. Uh, headline, uh, the class of 2022. Also, some male you know, among others, Minnie Minoso, also at Buck O'Neill, both long overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony yes. Oliva and uh, Tim Kirchner also uh, got into the Hall of Fame as well to be at the Veterans Committee. So, uh, I know you know, I didn't watch it unfortunately. I also got little like you know, snippets and such. So, I know you saw the highlights too, sis. So, what, what was your sort of you know, uh, synopsis of the ceremony? Uh, first of all, going to Minnie Minoso's a widow, she did a great job representing her husband and uh, the Minoso family with, with her speech yesterday, uh, talking about how Minnie Minoso was embraced by the city of Chicago because he has so much love, not only for his culture, but for the White Sox as well. He played with them in five different stints, and he was involved with the game of baseball for over seven decades, of course. Minnie Minoso, Mr. White Sox, uh, for, for all time. Uh, he said he was the first Afro-Cuban player to play on, on the White Sox, and he made the White Sox uh, what it is today. Uh, there was a struggling franchise, uh, especially coming off the 1919 um, scandal in the World Series. For those of you that don't know about that, as Lakina would say, Google is your friend, and check out that movie, Eight Men Alpha, back in the day. That gives you a whole lot more detail on that. Mm-hmm. But between uh, at that time in, in the 50s when Minoso arrived in Chicago, the White Sox were historically franchised. He helped turn that franchise around and put it on the map and what it is today. And so, so his his widow talked about his impact on and off the field. He was a mentor to not only uh, the Cuban players on the White Sox, but a few others around baseball as well. So it, it was nice to hear and see that connection from old school to new school into the current players that are playing right now, especially on the White Sox with Jose Abreu. You can see many of the traits in Mini Minoso in Jose Abreu right now. Yeah, it was a sort of a nice moment yesterday I saw that. And it was unfortunate that 
you know, he died a few years ago. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to mm-hmm. get in, you know, while he was with us with us because we know how funny and, enga- and engaging your guy, mm-hmm. you know, he was. So that would have been, you know, we were kind of robbed of that. But, you know, Big Poppy David Ortiz, I mean, of course, it was funny. It was heartfelt. You know, we got a little bit of Spanish into it as well. So it was yeah. definitely, and people forget that he actually started his. Uh, his career with the Twins. He was drafted by the yeah, Twins. Yeah, he killed before. the White Sox. Yep. <laughs> yes, he did. He was a White Sox yeah. killer when he was with the Twins. Yeah, he so. put the uh, – real quickly, Kenny, he put the helped put the Twins on the mat. Remember that year yep. in 2001 when they surprised everybody and went into the division over the White Sox and everybody else. It was him, Torrey Hunter, LaTroy Hawkins, uh, mm-hmm. Johan Santana. And when uh, David Ortiz was part of that early group that, that helped put the Minnesota Twins for this era on the map. Yeah, and then also, yeah, people forget that that was because that was like a sort of like a big dip between when they last won the World Series in '91 up until that mm-hmm. you know, one team that went in that that nice little run. So unfortunately, you know, they couldn't really you know capitalize on that. So you know, they they broke that that particular core up. But you know, it was mm-hmm. sort of a you know nice to see sort of celebrating and also to uh, shouting out to that one. Also to Buck O'Neill, of course, you know, the Negro Leagues and such, mm-hmm. and you know, finally getting in. I'm sure you know because he. I know he's, his family has been lobbying for a long time, so it was really nice to you know see him and get so you know you know to get celebrated. And thankfully, you know more and more Negro League players and we you know, contributors are going to the Hall of Fame in recent years. So I think that's a that's a good thing. So yes, I, I think that's definitely sort of like opens up the and I like the fact that MLB is becoming more and more inclusive when it comes to Negro Leagues and you know having the history be told and such. So that's really nice to see. Yes, even though some of them did play in the major leagues and others didn't because of obvious circumstances, they need to be recognized more, not just putting a little a bubble for them to be recognized, not just on Black History Month or opening day of baseball, but you know, all year round and for eternity for all of us to be educated on the Negro Leagues. Going back to David Ortiz's speech, Lakina, did you catch the part in the beginning where he did thank the Minnesota Twins, but this I'll be honest, I didn't know until I heard the speech yesterday. The reason why David Ortiz wears number 34 is because of a Chicago connection, and his name is the late, great Kirby Puckett. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, I knew about Kirby Puckett. I watched him. He, uh, he uh, Of course, he, he did damage against everybody, including the White Sox. Of course, during that time, the White Sox had the team to perhaps win the World Series in the early 90s. Obviously, they didn't get it done. But even though those Minnesota teams weren't as good looking at after that 91 world title that you talked about, but they still had a couple of consistent players and Kirby Puckett was one of them. So David Ortiz did shout out Kirby Puckett. And that was the reason why he wore a uh, number 34. Of course he couldn't wear it in Minnesota because Kirby Puckett's numbers retired. So David Ortiz wore number 27 when he was with the twins. And of course he switched to 34 when we got to Boston, but he did give a, a big shout out to Kirby Puckett. It was the reason why he wears number 34. It's like, hmm, I didn't know that, but interesting. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. A nice little shout out there. And so I know he kind of modeled his game after him. So I think that's sort of, you know, of course, he did it in space. So that's a pretty, pretty uh, nice tribute there as well. And a nice shout out to, you know, Tony Oliva. You know, I know he's been, you know, knocking on the door for the Hall of Fame for a while. Also to mm-hmm. Jim, also to uh, Jim Katz. You know, 83, still, you know, sharp as a tad and, you know, very, you know, yeah. had, a, you know, pitched 25 C's over four decades from 1959 to 1983. Talk about, you know, durability and versatility. I mean, he, you know, he played all the way back into when was the Senators. <laughs> yeah, the senators, dude, the time so. we were born, Lakina, we know him, we know him as a broadcaster, but yes. yeah, he, he pitched for a long time. Yeah, you know, currently, currently with the uh, MLB Network, also Gil Hodges as well. Want to give him a, mm-hmm. a shout out as well. He also uh, got in along with 
uh, going in. So it was actually it'll be like a great ceremony too. I'm sure I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure if you guys miss, it, I'm sure MLB Network who has exclusive uh, coverage of that. I'm sure they'll probably repeat it again throughout the week. So make sure you guys check your listings and or just go on YouTube. Yeah, and also too a uh, uh, great shout out to Chicago's uh, six seven to scores Lawrence Holmes. Uh, the mm-hmm. White Sox let him do a, a, a nice two minute video tribute piece to Minnie Minoso. For those of you haven't uh, haven't gotten a chance to uh, watch it, uh, go to the Chicago White Sox official YouTube page and catch it right there. It's a two minute video with Lawrence Holmes narrating the tribute to Minnie Minoso, Mr. White Sox. It was yeah, very so good. Yeah, it was. So yeah, so make sure you guys go go through. Uh, Lawrence's Twitter account, or I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the score probably has it on their uh, Twitter account. They may have it mm-hmm. on their website too. So make sure if you guys didn't see it yet, go go through uh, Lawrence's Twitter or go to Six Seven Discourse Twitter or website. To I'm sure it's, it's only two minutes, but it's actually it's you yeah, know, it's a well, it's was really, really well done. Yep, you're listening to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me, and. Uh, speaking of the White Sox, Lakina, uh, Jason Benetti perhaps is uh, making a big jump, as we all mm-hmm. see in this message. Uh, you have some news about that. Yes, I do. This news kind of came out like over the weekend, like right after we uh, dispersed it. And uh, you know, you know, shout out to our uh, friends at Offline Announcing. And could he could perhaps maybe be making on the move, Mr. Benetti, to Fox to become the number two uh college football uh, broadcast team along with Brock Heward, another former ESPNer. Nothing's officially, of course, you know, Brett Murphy from the Action Network, he confirmed it, although nothing's official yet, but if it mm-hmm. is official, he'll be doing uh, some, he'll still be with the White Sox from all you White Sox fans that are freaking out, he'll still be doing, he'll still <laughs> be doing uh, White Sox games, but he won't be doing any Peacock uh, games anymore, this is according to Jeff uh, Grass from the Chicago uh, Sun Times. He is the first to uh, report to so shout to Mr. Gress, and he'll be doing uh, college football. He'll be doing uh, college hoops. Of course, they've got the Big East contract, and of course, you got that Big Ten contract coming up mm-hmm. as well. So uh, he's only, he, you know, he's only a couple of years younger than us, but you know, he's only 38, yeah. but his star has completely, <laughs> but yeah, but look how much he's accomplished and such. Mm-hmm. So he's just a great broadcaster, a great sense of humor. And uh, if if this is official, again, we'll let you guys know once it, when it is officially official, but you know, they're getting a good one, of course, you know, with Joe Davis now doing baseball, perhaps the rumor is that he's going to be the number two guy on the NFL side that opens up the door for, you know, college football, you know, guy. And of course we know Jason has done college football, college hoops, you know, mm-hmm. baseball, you know, everything. So uh, a really, this would be a really good opportunity for him to be sort of like expand his brand nationally. Yeah, this is a good move for him. Like you said, he was middle of the totem pole at ESPN. And I remember him doing those uh, Big 12 games for college basketball. And, mm-hmm. of course, the lower 10 of those uh, ACC games for ESPN. But like you said, with the with the, the money that these networks are shelling out for these conferences, uh, that's going to give him a, a big a bigger profile. And he's going to be seeing a lot more homes as these college teams continue to expand jump conferences to these bigger conferences. So uh, this is a great, great move for him. As I said before, I thought he should have been the voice of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN TV. Obviously, that's not the case. But uh, congratulations to him. That's what uh, hard work pays off. That's what being ambitious is about, and that's what great talent is. And, and you see it in Mr. Benetti. So, uh, good luck to him. Uh, we'll yeah. definitely be tuning in. I know that for sure. Yeah, I'm about to say he was going, yeah, like you said, he was going, he was, going, he was doing mostly a group of five uh games, you know, college football games, I should say, for ESPN. So, he'll mm-hmm. be doing, you know, big, you know, Big Ten. I'm sure he's gonna be probably doing some Pac 12 as well. 
now yep. you know with UCLA USC you know notwithstanding but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see what he does and we'll look ESPN has a nice little uh depth of talent we know that but this is a big loss for them it should this you know yeah. this becomes a fit yeah before we move on Lakina uh, I know Link Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox, he did Fox, the Fox game for the Sox mm-hmm. and Guardians on Saturday. He, he went back to radio yesterday as Peacock uh, did the Peacock, uh, as, as Jason Benet did the Peacock game yesterday with the Cubs and Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Conor McKnight, who got his first television debut yesterday. He crushed it. Yes, he did. Filled in for Benetti on uh, NBC Sports Chicago. Yep, yep. You know, good job, you know, as always. And, and we know. We know Lens very. We know Lens very versatile. He can do both radio and television. We mm-hmm. saw him do it for years here with the Cubs. So just an awesome job. And uh, yeah. So uh, like I said, you know, like we have a good depth of talent on uh for here in Chicago. So this is really cool. Mm-hmm. All right, Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Let's jump back into the football gridiron, Lakina. As we always say. The NFL doesn't disappoint us with the news all year round. And before I get to my list, uh, we have a new uh, media group, as you, you mm-hmm. want to call them, in a bidding for the NFL Sunday ticket package, which is up after this upcoming season. Yeah, it is. And uh, well, well, we'll, we'll start with this first because this came out like early this morning. NFL Plus has officially launched, and it's an oh, app yeah. that you'll get. Yeah, you get like out of market games and such. So you still won't be, it's still blacked out. So you won't get those out of market games and such. But uh, this is sort of like an extra thing, I, I guess. You know, it'll be streaming and, and whatnot. So uh, what do you think about this? I know you saw this this morning because it came out like about like, like I was on the, you know, I was on the uh, on the elliptical when I saw this news. You got premium version, you know, features a product formerly known as the NFL Game Pass. So this is sort of like a, NFL Game Pass on steroids, I guess. You know, no pun intended. But. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I know it's forty ninety nine a month from what I read mm-hmm. this morning. And if, if you want people to pay premium prices for your service, you got to offer more than James Games. Do you have behind the scenes footage? You have the. I know there's another service that they had last. Year. I don't know if they're going to continue with this, but mm-hmm. they had the coaches tape of all twenty two. Um, uh, all 22 as far as the, all the plays in the, t- in the teams are concerned. So will they have exclusive team content uh, related to your favorite team or your local market? Hmm. We shall see. But I think this is a good move for the NFL. They know they have the number one product uh, product in the country. We know that it's the number one TV show in, in the United States. So uh, it's almost what they do. They can't do no wrong. But, of course, a whole lot of NFL fans, they're passionate fans. Uh, they're going to jump on this. And as long as you give the NFL fan uh, more, they they can bite more than they can chew, uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, so you'll give them – like we've been saying for months, that we people need options. So I yes. think – that would be this would be like a nice sort of thing. So it's four ninety nine a month, like I said, said and uh, yeah. So if it's something that you guys want, I don't know if I would want this, but look, if this is something that like an extra thing for all the core cutters and such, this might be a nice option for them. You can do it on your mobile, you can do it on your 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 laptop or on you know your your tablet. You know, this is actually you know mm-hmm. I guess you know, the ever evolving uh, NFL uh, network. But going back to uh, what we said earlier about. There's a new surprise business, according to Andrew Marchand in the uh, the New York Post. Uh, Google, <laughs> Google has put in a bid 
for Google. the NFL Sunday <laughs> Ticket. For those of you who are wondering, how would they do this? Well, I'll tell you. It'll be straight through YouTube. Now, I don't know if this is going to be YouTube. But, you know, YouTube, do you have to pay something? Do you have to do YouTube Premium, YouTube TV, we have to pay for? It's going to be free through YouTube. You got to pay like a nice little setting there. So, uh, yeah, they joined Apple, Amazon, and Disney. So, uh, Sid, what do you think about this? Google putting in a bid for NFL Sunday tickets. Yeah, I found it shocking. But as we talked about before, uh, these streaming services uh, outside of Netflix went in on the NFL because, like I said before, it's the number one product. And like you just mentioned a moment ago, how will Google do the do this? Will they do it through YouTube TV? Will they do it from another streaming service that we haven't heard of of yet? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know Amazon is uh, they're doing their Thursday night package starting this year, but uh, I think there's uh, Apple TV is still the uh, the front runner right now. So uh, what can Google do? As I said before, with with the NFL Plus, are you going to offer more? How, it depends on how much it is. Are you going to offer more? Just the just the main service you gotta give people entice them more to buy your product yeah and i think that's sort of be the thing now again you know, how much is it gonna be should google get it like you said we, they got youtube premium they got youtube tv and you know how are this gonna be are they gonna have like like in market you know through youtube or and have mm -hmm. it like on youtube tv or youtube premium how would they do this so I don't know. I mean, this is sort of like kind of like a sort of where they, you know, Google would put in a bit, but they, I'm sure they probably, yeah. hey, Am look, Amazon and Disney, you know, hey, why, why can't we, <laughs> Apple, like, why can't we do it? So, like, you're not sure what the heck. So, you know, we'll, we'll put in a bit. And we probably may not get it, but I'm like, why not? It doesn't, you can't blame them for trying. Yeah, you cannot blame Google for trying. So, as they always say, you, you don't know what you can do unless you try, correct? Yeah, so we'll be interested to see. Like I said, it'll still be on Sunday. It'll, it'll still be on DirecTV. This is the last year for DirecTV. This is for next year. So, you know, those of you who are wondering what this what this means. But, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I know that Goodell has said that he, you know, they may make an announcement during the season. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's, there's definitely a lot of options. Yep, and we'll see what happens there. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition, live in the Living Colors. Sid Lakina here with you. Now it's time to get to the list that I found over a week ago. We were supposed to talk about this last week, Lakina, but uh, we got caught up in other interesting issues and topics. But this is a good thing about our show. We, we still have time to talk about relevant topics. And as we said before, keeping with the NFL theme, they never seem to disappoint. This comes from Jeff Kerr from cbssports.com. He has a top 10 list of the best NFL uh, uh, quarterback and coach uh, combo duos for this upcoming season. Do you want to start from the top or start from the bottom up? Uh, let's do the bottom. All right. Perfect. And I'm glad you said this. Coming in at number 10, Quarterback Kyler Murray and head coach Cliff Kingsbury from the Arizona Cardinals. As we talked about last week, Kyler Murray got fresh cash. Cliff Kingsbury uh, got that contract extension around this time before the start of last season. We all know what the Arizona did. Uh, jumping out to the A1 start, Kyler Murray got nicked up. So Arizona struggled down the stretch. Uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hawkins, who was injured last year, he'll start out the year uh, with a six-game suspension due to PEDs. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, even though Kyler Murray will be sticking around as a franchise quarterback, I believe they still have work to do. So coming in at number 10 is the best QB and coach duo in the league uh, for this upcoming season is Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury from the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. All right. I can, I can, yeah, I can kind of see that putting them at 10. I, I'm okay with that. 
Coming in at number nine from the Los Angeles Chargers or the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles, as we call them on this show, quarterback Justin Herbert entered his third year out of Oregon and his second year head coach, Brandon Staley. Yeah. We don't have to go well, over Brandon Staley's resume or what he did last year. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We, we, I mean, we'll probably get on him when we talk about the AFC West, you know, because. Right, gotta, but not today. Not today. <laughs> not today. That's it. But yeah, I mean, look, yeah, solid. Look, you know, Herbert had a really great, like, sophomore season. You know, only 15 interceptions with 38 touchdowns. I, I look, I, I think, I think we'll see. I'm sure the pressure is going to be on them. They got, they made some moves, you know, during the off season. Again, we'll, we'll talk about it once we get into the individual divisions. But yeah, I, okay, number nine, I'll, I, I can take that. Okay, continuing with the list from Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com is the top 10 best QB coach combo for this upcoming season. Checking in at number eight, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, quarterback Dak Prescott and head coach Mark McCarthy. This is a big year for both of them, but in particular that head coach, especially after what happened in that playoff game against San Francisco at home last year. No say it. Yeah, well, I think there's something else that needs to be said about that. Uh, <laughs> threw for almost 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, and only 10 interceptions, but it was actually the, really the coaching that kind of killed the the Cowboys, especially in that, mm-hmm. that divisional playoff. But yeah, uh, no need. To, nothing else needs to really be said. We'll we'll get like I said, we'll get on the most we do to NFC East. But yeah, go keep going. Check it in at number seven, the Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill and head coach Mike Vrabel. We all know what happened last year. They lost to the uh, AFC uh, champion Cincinnati Bengals at home. Derrick Henry was injured through halfway through that season. They still checked into the playoffs as the number one seed. Didn't get it done. But like you like you said, Lakina, we'll get more deep into it as we do our uh, divisional previews coming up in the next month or so. But the Tennessee Titans, uh, they're at an interesting crossroads this year. Mm, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, no A.J. Brown. So he's in Philly. So I guess all the others is going to be on Derrick Henry mm-hmm. now. I mean, what's what's going on here? But, uh, okay, 21 touchdowns for Tannehill and 14 interceptions. Not sort of the stats. I mean... Very disappointing uh, end to their season last year. All right, let's keep going. I'm getting depressed. Let's, let's keep going if you're a Titans fan. <laughs> uh, I want to get into this. Like I said, we'll finish up the list on the other side of this break. But check it in at number six is, according to Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com, uh, the best QB coach duo for this upcoming season. At number six, the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, who's looking for some fresh cash, and head coach mm-hmm. John Harbaugh. Now, this is interesting because, like I said, we'll get more in depth, but uh, I, I mean, you know, injuries, you know, last year, I think that sort of, you know, kind of derailed it. He only had 16 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. That's not good. And mm-hmm. with all the injuries, like I said, you know, with, with, you know, it started off with Dama's and training camp, then it kind of manifests after that. So, I mean, let, let, hopefully, you know, money, that, that whole money thing doesn't become a distraction. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, We'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think you know the value will be soft there. But uh, you know, again, I'm sure I don't want to say he's a hard boss on the hot seat either because he had their first losing season since 2015. But you know, mm-hmm. you got but like I said, you got well again. We'll get more in depth. But you know, this is gonna be very interesting for the Ravens again. Well, like I said, we'll we talk about the AFC North. We'll get more in depth into it. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a very interesting year for the Ravens. 
Here's the thing. Lamar Jackson, if he stays healthy, he's going to have a big year because, like you said, he has uh, something to play for besides a Super Bowl. And the Ravens could be in a transition as well. Lakina, like you mentioned, we all know what happened with the injuries, especially to Lamar last year. But the AFC North, uh, it it could be a little bit tougher than what people think. Of course, you have the defending conference champion and division champion Cincinnati Bengals in there. You have Pittsburgh there going through a transition right now. And you have Cleveland as well. We'll get to Deshaun Watson and that whole nonsense at another time. But this division could be had after Cincinnati, at least on paper. But Baltimore is at a crossroads as well. I know they had a player that passed away uh, during the mm-hmm. offseason, uh, so they had to deal, w- deal with that. But as far as their roster, who's Lamar Jackson going to throw to? And their defense um, is it, it, still a, a above-average defense, but they may be going through a transition as a group as well for this upcoming year. Like I said, it's gonna be like like I said, it's gonna be interesting here in Baltimore, you know, with all the the changes and such. So yeah, this is gonna get this is gonna be interesting. Plus, they got a pretty decent schedule too. The Ravens do so. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm 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 a little yeah, it's gonna get interesting. Like I said, I'm, I'm sort of like that little sense of hmm, okay, you know, you can't really play on injuries anymore now that you know yeah. everyone's healthy for the most part and everything else. So yeah, this is gonna get this is gonna be like I said, it's gonna be interesting here in Baltimore. Yeah, we, usually when you uh, miss the playoffs, it depends on what your record is. You usually get a third or fourth place schedule. So we'll see what happens if the Ravens can take advantage of that. Lakina, we have to take a timeout. We got to uh, rest up, uh, get our engines uh, going because we got to finish up the uh, the last segment of the show strong. We'll come back with the uh, rest of uh, John Kerr's list. Sorry, Jeff Kerr's list for CBSSports.com <laughs> as, far, uh, as far as the best. Uh, QB coach combo for this upcoming 22 season in NFL. We have some more sports media news and we had to get to our salute to old school TV Monday. You're going to like this one, especially for you folks that are our age and older. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to the second city sports Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on sports Zone Chicago. Progressive presents the sports flash on the sports zone, Chicago. Here's a deep drive to left off the bat of Velasquez. Get out the tape measure long gone. The action on the Cubs radio network 4-3. The win over the Phillies on Sunday. Jan Gomes hit a pair of home runs, helping the Cubs complete a three-game sweep. Nelson Velasquez also went deep for Chicago, who won four straight. Drew Smiley retired his first 14 batters. He gave up one earned run on four hits with four strikeouts and no walks. David Robertson pitched out of a jam in a scoreless ninth for his 14th save of the season. Back, and that baby's gone! The action on the White Sox radio network, 6-3, the win over the Guardians on Sunday in Chicago. The American League Central rivals split a four-game series. The White Sox third in the division, four games out of first. The Guardians are second, three games behind the first-place Twins. Just days away from the start of Bears training camp, all players due to report by tomorrow. The first public practice this Thursday at 10 a.m. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Select styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off or in July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. 
Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut butter cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the living color, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Ken McGee on the Twitter and at Ken McGee on the IG. And make sure we have less than a half hour left of this extravagance we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Uh, uh, continuing with the list from Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com, as the top 10 uh, quarterback coach combos for this upcoming 22 NFL season. We'll resume and finish off the list. Check it in at number five, the defended AFC Conference champion, Cincinnati Bengals, a third-year quarterback now, Joe Burrow from LSU, and head coach Zach Taylor, who perhaps saved his job with a surprising season. Yeah, this is sort of one of those questions where will they suffer from the Super Bowl hangover? Well, history says that they will. I know they've made some upgrades, especially especially with their O-line, but – Look, we've seen this where it doesn't matter how much improvement that you do or enhancements that you do on uh, other sides, but, you know, could they perhaps join uh, some of the other uh, teams? And, you know, could they have, you know, to have like maybe the worst, you know, they went from the worst records to probably one of the better records. But again, you know, you're going to be playing this first place schedule. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they if they avoid the hangover, but it's just natural. You know, we know Joe Burrow had you know 34 touchdowns and 14, uh, only 14 interceptions last year, which is mm-hmm. great. But again, you're not going to be able to surprise folks anymore if you're Cincinnati. So, you know, some people might look at this and say, well, you know, you know they're not easy. But again, you're gonna you're all, you're kind of like gonna show me mode too if you're a Bengals fan. I think even Bengals fans were probably shocked that they got to the Super Bowl. So yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, their, their, their schedule is tough. I, I took a peek at their schedule. It's very tough. So, and with the Super Bowl hangover, you may see maybe not too big of a drop-off, but it, it's natural you're going to see a drop-off. And also, too, I'd like to see what is now second-year wide receiver Jamar Chase will do out of LSU. We, we saw the potential that he did last year on one of the best rookie seasons on paper in NFL history. I want to see what he does for a sophomore year campaign. It's going to be a while before he asks for big money. Uh, so you Cincinnati fans, you don't have to worry about that. But if he could, keeps up on his trajectory pace, he's going to demand a lot of the money in about three years here once his rookie deal is up. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see our, you're going to see, you know, folks are going to be more ready for him now. And I think that's going to be sort of mm-hmm. the key here. That's what I want to see what he does this year. 
yeah, so you're not going to be able to surprise folks anymore, you know. So it's going to be interesting. They have to play Dallas. They got to play New Orleans. We'll see where they are. They got to play Tennessee and Kansas City again. The rematch of that AFC Championship game and Tampa as well and New England. So and Buffalo. We'll we'll get to them in a second, but. Yeah, this is going to get very tough. And like I said before, they're not going to be able to surprise folks anymore. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, okay, show us that last year wasn't a fluke. Lakina must be reading my mind or is she or is she has a cheat sheet in front of her. She, she's not telling me. But anywho, check it in at number four. Quarterback Josh Allen, head coach Sean McDermott. Uh, I, I told you what I thought about his decision last year during that loss to Kansas City. We won't go through that again. But this is an important year for, for both of them. Uh, Josh Allen, I think he's becoming one of the best top seven, top five quarterbacks in the National Football League. Head coach Sean McDermott has done a great job. He just has to uh, tighten up that defense. All eyes are going to be on this year, especially after that classic game that uh, both teams uh, – the Bills and his Chiefs uh, gave us last year in the playoffs. This is going to be a big year for Buffalo. Not to go too much into it. Like you said, we'll get more in depth once we preview that AFC East. But this is an important year for that Buffalo franchise. I know they brought in Von Miller to help uh, mm-hmm. bring along that defense. But is that enough? Well, that's going to be the thing. He brings that kind of like that. Cha- he now has two rings now. So you know, he brings up that kind of mm-hmm. that championship experience. But uh I mean, you know, with Josh Allen, 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions last year, but it was really their defense that was supposed to have been sort of like the big bread and butter that kind of let them down in the end. So I don't know. I mean, this is I don't want to say that, you know, McDermott's on the hot seat, hot seat and such, but this should be mm-hmm. going to be a lot. You know, we'll see. You know, Travis White's going to unfortunately going to be starting on the pup list. So we'll hopefully he'll be able to you know, be out of that, you know, by before the season mm-hmm. starts. You know, Ed Oliver, I mean, Daquan Jones. So, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, you know, he had his struggles. Micah Hyde has had his struggles, too, in that Kansas City game. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, people that are going to be excited to laugh on that defense. They feel like they have a chip on their shoulder. And like I said, having Vaughn Miller there, I think, can only help bring that leadership, you know, bring that experience. Also, too, the O-line, they beef up the O-line as well. So, uh, of course, you know, you know, Devin Singletary and Stephon Diggs. But, yeah, I think this is sort of like a solid combo. But I think also, too, that there's going to be a, a lot of pressure going to be on Buffalo this year. You saw what – if you saw uh, as they started trading camp, Buffalo, you know, Allen, you know, came out and, you know, the, the crowd just started cheering. And I know a lot of Buffalo fans want something to kind of <laughs> sort of lean into. So, <laughs> they, they – like, again, we'll get more in-depth into it. But, yeah, this is this – is, this, I don't want to say this is a make-or-break season for the Bills, but – it's kind of get that feel. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of get that feel continuing with the best NFL QB coach duos for the upcoming 2022 season, according to Jeff Kerr of CBS sports.com. Check it in at number three, a team up north of us, Lakina, the green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. I said on this program last year that Aaron Rodgers will have has played his last game in the Green Bay uniform. Obviously, it's not that way. So uh, he's back for another run at Lakina. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is going to be Aaron Rodgers last year in the Green Bay uniform. I might be surprised. It may be it, but we just don't know. But this this is interesting because I think that Matt LaFleur wants to go back to what uh, got him to this point. Uh, in, in 2018, remember in 2018, basically took the ball mm-hmm. out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and gave it to Aaron Jones, which turned out to be uh, a winning formula for the Green Bay Packers. And plus, they had a better defense then than much better than they do right now. But Green Bay, they don't have to be great at on as of right now on paper. They don't have to be 
as great as they were the last couple of years when they came up short. But I think they still have enough to win the NFC North. But it's going to be interesting to see how Matt LaFleur coaches this team this year. Last year when they lost to San Francisco, they lost it on special teams and they weren't aggressive enough offensively in that second half. Uh, will they? Will he go back to that 2018 model of, for them knocking on the door as far as getting to the Super Bowl before they got their heads blown off at San Francisco? Will he go back to that 2018 form? Because uh, whatever he, uh, LaFleur – and Rogers did last year. It didn't work. Yeah, I think they're gonna have to, you know, they're gonna have a whole new OC. And who's gonna be the who's gonna be uh, Rogers' go-to guy now that Devontae Adams is with Las mm -hmm. is in you know, Las Vegas with the Raiders? So that's gonna be another thing. I mean, will they give the ball to Aaron Jones more? Will we'll see Alan Lazard? You know, they got Sammy Watkins, so that should help a little bit, sort of, sort of, you know, take the take the kind of pressure off, but. You know, hopefully David Batari is going to be starting uh, on the pup list as they start camp. That's going to be another thing. Hopefully he can, you know, he'll be able to you know, recover from that before the season starts. On the defensive side, I mean, you know, of course, we know some of the, you know, Adrian Amos, of course, you know, former Bear, and Jair Alexander, of course, he was nicked up last year. So, you know, that's going to be another thing. And, you know, look, it seems like, you know, you know Rodgers is committed, you know, to the Packers East for this year. So, you know, again, we'll, yeah. we'll see what goes on from there. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting here in Green Bay, I think. It'll be very intriguing. Checking in at number two for the best NFL QB coach duo for the uh, for this upcoming season, according to Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com, is the defending Super Bowl champion Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford and head coach Sean McVay. Well, I mean, you know, fresh off a of Super Bowl, I think, you know, with everything that, you know, Stafford went through when he was in Detroit, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions last year, and, you know, threw for almost 4,900 yards, and just, you know, incredible, you know, top 10 in a lot of the, uh, both, both, the both passing yards and passing touchdowns, send the franchise for passing yards in the season, and a new single season completions in team history, so just a just you know, well, basically, just in well, the more is that he won a Super Bowl too. I think that's probably another, yeah. uh, another thing there. I think that's probably the most important thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, it's going to be very tough. Usually, it usually is for a top Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're already Super Bowl champ, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I know that. I mean. You know, they, with the Rams, I think it's sort of like your feel is all that maybe I think everything is great. But look, they brought the core back. You know, Aaron Donald got his contract. I mean, yeah, you know, Vaughn, you know, Vaughn Miller is over at Buffalo now. We just talked about that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I think everything is pretty much gravy for them. But I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to try to uh, win again. We know it's going to be hard. But, mm -hmm. you know, you got, you know, of course, Allen Robinson's there now. So who, of course, Cooper Cup. So uh, this is going to be very, you know. Yeah, I think and the defense is still the defense, of course, you know, with Aaron Donald, especially leading the way there. So, yeah, the litter of Floyd, of course, and among others. But uh, they got Bobby Wagner, you know, from the old their old division rival, the Seahawks. So it's going to be very interesting, mm -hmm. though, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And the, the one thing that you keep in mind here is for the Rams is they haven't had to deal with a lot of major injuries um, so far in the last calendar year. I know I Robert would. Woods got hurt last year in mm -hmm. Odell Beckham Jr. I think he's technically still a free agent. He got hurt in the Super Bowl last year. But heaven forbid that Aaron Donald gets hurt 
uh, that's going to uh, set their Rams team back. I, I know that their management said uh, bleep them picks <laughs> and, and go for it every year. But uh, if they have any major injuries to the players that you just mentioned, like, you know, this could go off the rails in a hurry. We talk about the NFC being wide open. Let's not forget the Rams are the defending champions uh, that represents the NFC. But if they have any major injuries to those stars you just mentioned, uh, it's going to be a whole lot of trouble in La La Land. Yeah, hopefully, you know, like I said, knock on, like I said, knock on wood, you know, they haven't been, they've yeah. been able to avoid those major injuries. So uh, don't put that, I'm sure a lot of Rams fans are going to be saying, don't put that on the universe. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully they can kind of, you know, stay steadfast and stay focused. And I think I remember, uh, you know, got the, got that big old bling. So I'm sure if they want to get another bling, you know, they got to earn it. So we'll see if they can do just that this year. Yeah. All right, checking in at number one for the best NFL QB coach duo for this upcoming season, according to Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com. It is, if you can hear me banging on my table, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and head coach Andy Reid. Not a big surprise, I think, you know, especially <laughs> after what happened last year, basically, you know, kind of being surprised by the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, 37 touchdowns, 13 uh, interceptions for Mahomes. You know, four AFC West titles, you know, they already have a Super Bowl under their belt, but I, I think it's not like they haven't, it's not like they haven't been, you know, up there. They have, it's just that, you know, weird things have happened and that, you know, they end up losing. So, you know, it's sort of one of those things where they lost Tyreek Hill. So that's another, we'll see if, you know, of course they got Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster, so he could pick up the slack there, but. You know, that's sort of, and, you know, Kelsey's getting older as well. So that's probably mm -hmm. another thing now. That's going to be interesting to see how that sort of dynamic plays out. Yeah, as you mentioned, we'll keep more deep into it as the days and weeks go on. But they're in the tough on paper, in the tough, probably perhaps the toughest division on paper in the league, mm -hmm. the AFC West. We talked about the Chargers earlier. Don't forget Denver. They picked up Russell Wilson. I still have questions yep. about that, Russell. But like I said, we'll get more in depth yeah. into it as the days and weeks go on. And then don't forget the Las Vegas Raiders. They squeaked yep. into the playoffs last year. If it wasn't for a couple of big, big plays here and there, they could have upset the Bengals on the road. Yes, they so, could have. And they got new head coach in Josh McDaniels. So uh, it's not going to be an easy division. The Kansas City, we we talked about what happened to them last year uh, well, with the offense going through a spell, and they had to be mm -hmm. carried by their defense. Of course, uh, they went through the motions in that second half of the AFC title game, or else they should have been in the Super Bowl again last year. So this is going to be an interesting year for the Chiefs. Yeah, and like, and like we were saying, you know, this is, like I said, we'll get more more like, you know, sort of like in the meat and potatoes of it in a little bit, but, you know, in a few, within the next few weeks. But again, I, I don't, we don't want to say this is sort of like a make or break year for the Chiefs, especially with, they got a really, the division is now even tougher for everything that you mentioned. So <laughs> this is going to be, yeah, there are the best, you know, QB head coach combo. You know, I, I guess until some, I guess they're like the Kings of AFC West until somebody beats them. So, but they have a, they actually have some competition now too, in the Chargers and of course, you know, the Raiders and such. So, and the, like, again, yeah, the Broncos. Yeah. I don't know about the Broncos, but may, maybe not till next year, I guess. But, you know, again, like I said, we'll get more in depth into it. But yeah, I think, I think this is not a surprise that, they're, they're, that Mahomes and uh, Reed are the top. Uh, QB coach combo in the NFL. Not, no, you won't get any argument from me in that in that sense. Yeah, so that's the top 10 uh, QB coach combo list in the NFL for this upcoming season, according to Jeff Kerr at CBSSports.com. Lakina, before we move on, I want to talk about another quarterback coach combo, and that's in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and head coach Todd Bowles. As you always say, for Todd Bowles, this is not his first rodeo. We saw we 
what he did when he coached the New York Jets 2015. They mm -hmm. barely missed the playoffs, and then things just came uh, uh, off the rails his next couple of years with injuries and a bad play from key guys. But I want to see how Tom Brady in his last year of that three-year contract that he signed when he joined Tampa a couple of years ago, we, we talked about Leonard Flores showing up 260 pounds uh, out mm -hmm. of shape in camp already. Bruce Arians is now working in the front office, and we know there was some friction there between him and Brady. I want to see how Brady gets along with Todd Bowles because basically this is on him. Yeah, this is well, and I think he knows that too, especially now that Gronk is uh, okay. I guess I'll do the air quotes again retired, right? Yeah, we'll, see if he comes, we'll see if he comes back, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely gonna, I think the O is gonna be on him now, so this is gonna sort of be sort of like you know, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, yeah, we know that they were too, he and Aries were too crazy about each other, so now that you've got Bulls, you know, of course, I think Brady signed off on that mm -hmm. and. That's going to be sort of like the thing where, hmm, okay, you know, it's going to be you. It was going to be on you, my friend. Yeah, it's going to be on him. And as we talked about before, too, like you said, we'll get more in depth into it as the uh, weeks and days go by. Uh, Tampa Bay, they, they're they're almost like, in my opinion, the uh, in the position of the Green Bay Packers. They're mm -hmm. not in a great division. You don't have to perform great, but if you basically stay injury free you can win this division by a mile you have new orleans so i think there could be a slight challenge to tampa bay but carolina they got two quarterbacks they trying to decide who's going to be the starter in baker mayfield and sam darnold and of course you have a, a marcus mariana in atlanta who they're trying to be respectable but they're going through some growing pains and so uh, uh this division should be easily theirs yeah they should and like i said i mean you know the nfc south i mean that's sort of Again, Atlanta is still rebuilding, so they shouldn't. That shouldn't be a problem. Carolina, I know they got bigger Mayfield now, but again, you know the, the talent isn't there. The Saints, maybe, but again, you know you don't know mm -hmm. how James Winston is going to look. But like I said, well, like I said, we'll get more in depth. But uh, yeah, it should be you know the Bucks' division to lose. But again, you know weird things happen. You know in the NFL, we we've seen in the last few years, especially. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports All Chicago. Uh, we're live in Living Color, the Monday edition. Sid Lakina here with you. We have a few minutes left, Lakina. Let's get into it as we make our return for Old School TV Monday, as we do around this time every Monday edition of this fabulous program. Today, we like to salute the Harper family slash Hogan family. That's right. The Hogan family originally titled Valerie and later Valerie's family is an American sitcom television series that began airing on NBC on March 1st, 1986. And they finished this run on CBS on July 20th, 1991 for a total of six seasons and 110 episodes. It was produced in association with uh, Laura Mart Productions in 1986. Laura Mart Telepictures from 86 through 88 and Laura Mart Television 1988 through 1991. The show originally centered around Valerie Harper in her title role as mother trying to juggle her career with raising three sons with an absent air airline pilot husband. After the first two seasons, Harper was replaced, leaving the show for salary uh, disputes and her character was killed off. She was replaced by Sally Duncan. The series was initially renamed uh, Valerie's Family before Sandy Duncan uh, joined the cast as her sister-in-law and the boy's aunt. It was subsequently renamed The Hogan Family. Uh, Lakina, I remember watching this program originally when, when it was on NBC until I did my research over the weekend. I forgot it finished this last year on, on, CBS. on, on CBS. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. 
And yeah, the through, last two years. I think the last two years or the last year and a half it was on yeah. CBS. Yep. I, I, I forgot about that. And and the reason why I wanted to shout out this program too today, uh, shout out to Chicago's very own. He's still doing big things in Hollywood, and that's Jason Bateman. Of course, he's yes. done a great motion pictures throughout his career, and he had that great television show, which I'm trying to check out now, Arrested Development, that went on for years on Fox TV. And so as I remember, he really got his big break on that program back in the mid-'80s. Yeah, I mean, oh, look, he started off as a child star. He was on Little mm -hmm. House. Of course, he was a uh, he played Rick Show, Ricky Shore's best friend in Silver Spoons before he left. And yeah, next to uh, Bowser Ribeiro. Yep. Yeah, did the, did yeah, and we'll we'll get to Silver Spoons probably too at some point as well. We'll yeah, old school TV Monday. But yeah, he had his own show, but that didn't work out. But luckily, you know, Valerie's you know the Hogan family became available. So I was actually telling a friend of mine, you know, Casey, what's up, Casey, uh, about this? We were talking about it. It's crazy that this show is not streamed anywhere. It's not even streamed. I know. Hulu. I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it anywhere as far as uh, streaming services. Yeah, it's sort of weird. But uh, yeah, the disputes with uh, Valerie Harper, and it was just salary too. She wanted like more. Like more, she didn't want. Of course, this is a woman that's been that was in the business for years. You know, of course, with Mary Tyler Moore and, and Rhoda, you know, mm -hmm. multiple Emmy winner, and you know, she wanted not just money but more control over the scripts and such, mm -hmm. and you know, wanted more like more like in depth, you know, sitcom, you know, sort of. Of course, you know, the failure sitcom, of course, has evolved so much over the years, but you know, it had a really you know, really you know, solid, and, and a lot of people thought it actually be show we actually became more popular when she left and Sandy Duncan came on. Yeah, which is very odd. weird. <laughs> which is odd because usually it's the reverse, you know. Usually, mm -hmm. like, usually, you know, the you know the ratings go down, but in this case, actually, the ratings actually went up. And then, and I think Sandy actually brought, of course, you know, coming from you know the the stage, you know, she had been a Broadway actress for years, probably best known for a while in Roots, you know. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, she came on, you know, did she? She said her, she, you know, she said herself, she didn't do a lot of episodic television. You know, she I maybe mean, she did stuff here and there in the seventies, but. This is sort of like her first time actually doing so, like really good, like meat and potatoes, uh, mm -hmm. sitcom stuff. And of course, Josh Taylor, of course, you know, he went on, you know, he came from Days of Our Lives. That's where I first saw him. And uh, he's still on there now playing a different character. That's another, another uh, situation. But, uh, you know, he was, you know, still doing that, you know, for a little bit. Of course, you know, playing a pilot, you know, you're, you're gone for weeks at a time and such. So it was, you know, also like, you know, Jason Bay played the older brother, uh, Jeremy Litt and, uh, Danny, Danny Ponce did, uh, yeah, they played uh, fraternal twin brothers. Yeah, and they were actually were not afraid to sort of you know get into some serious topics. I think I remember like one they did drinking. You know, I know. Yes, I remember David, that one. Yep. Mm -hmm. And David lost one of his friends to AIDS. You know, it kind of happened pretty quick. That kind of like that you know that was premature such to talk about during those days. Yeah, that was. And this know, was that right was before Magic Johnson. Funny. Yeah, this is like, look, look, I think it was like we're like a year before. I'm trying to remember like exactly when that show aired, but uh. When exactly, but it was actually, it was like I said, it was actually before uh, Magic announced his diagnosis. So yeah, so they weren't afraid to, you know, really dove into some really interesting topics. And you know, I know that, um, I know that Jeremy Lynn is, and also too did. Uh, I think he goes by Luis Ponce now. Uh, Daniel, Danny Ponce. I think they're doing like a lot of. I think they're doing like a show now. I forgot what I forgot. I think it's like there's streaming too. I know that they're they're still uh, acting. I know uh, Jeremy did a lot of voiceovers. Of course, we all know what. Uh, you know, Jason's doing also Ozark. Guess you definitely check that out on Netflix. That just ended, that ended their run too. Uh, so yeah, everybody you know actually did pretty well. Of course, Edie McClure played Mrs. Poole, who I loved. You know, I absolutely, absolutely adore her. And, and so, yeah, so. yeah, I forgot about her, but you're right. Yeah, now the memory serves back. That that's right. She had her big break on there too. Mm -hmm. 
I think she was on that first Bueller's Day Off, I think, before that. And some, you know, look, you know, Kelly Martin you know, was a, had a recurring role on the show, uh, playing one of the boys' love interests. Also, Josie Bissett before Meryl's Place, she played, uh, I, I forgot which girl, I think she played Mark's, Mark's girlfriend uh, on there before Meryl's Place and such. Also, I think Tiffany Thiessen was on there, too, for a little bit. Uh, play. Uh, I think she played. She, I think she. I uh, yeah, She played uh, David's uh, girlfriend or love interest. So yeah, there was an interesting. Uh, very. Uh, but before there was stars, guest stars. So yeah, it was a uh, a really great show that should be streaming somewhere. I, I'm surprised that it's not, but hopefully, maybe we'll we'll maybe we'll be surprised. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Couple other. Yeah, a couple other nuggets before we uh, close out. Uh, number one wasn't, and I'm not on Google right now, so you can trust me on this. You can back me up on this, Lakina. Didn't Jason Bateman replace Michael J. Fox in Teen Wolf 2? Yep. I thought so. Yep. <laughs> Another yep. point to the brain. And number two, shout out to one of the best underrated old school R&B singers ever. She did the oh, theme yeah. song to the show, Roberta Flack. Through the years, you know, yes. it's like that was, a, <laughs> that was probably, probably one of the more, the more underrated, I think, TV theme songs in the 80s. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like I said, Hogan Family was definitely one of those sitcoms where it was kind of like right there, like it kind of came on like right in between, you know, when you know the, ori the original Cosby Show and, and such, and that was Full House sort of Family before. Matters, yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually before Full House too. It came on eighty six, yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like it kind of sort of like get delve into like some really cool topics. You know, this is a, this is a family in suburban Chicago. Like you said, I mean, you know, the mom. Well, initially, the mom was juggling, you know, with with the the husband being uh, who's a pilot. You know, of course, you're gone for weeks at a time. Now, you know, you lose the mother, then the sisters, and then uh, Michael's sister, you know, Sandy comes in and sort of you know kind of takes over that motherly type role and such. You know, kind of like a good combination there. And like I said, it was sort of like one of those very underrated sitcoms doesn't get a lot of its love. And I'm, I'm glad we're giving it, giving it a little bit of a shout out uh, today. So I'm glad about that. Yeah, so this is our Old School TV Monday salute to the Harper slash Hogan family. We salute you. All right, Ooh, Lakina, I got okay. one more story before we close out. Uh -huh. And this comes from our good friends at Awful Announcing. I'm sure you saw this too, mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, you know, the winning time, uh, that miniseries on HBO Max, it'll be coming out later this year for a second season, which I thought was very entertaining. People think that's a documentary. It's not. It's a drama is a dramatization, folks. Dramatizations are very different from uh, true stories, so we'll leave it at that. But Hulu is going to premiere two episodes of the true story behind the Los Angeles Lakers Showtime Dynasty. The first two uh, episodes will premiere uh, three weeks from today, August 15th, on Hulu, the true story of the Los Angeles Lakers dynasty. The, according to the Argo, it's going to have that last dance feel, but it's not going to be centered on one character like last name was i.e. the Michael Jordan story. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious that they felt that they had to sort of, you know, put the emphasis on the fact that this is a true story. It's not like, I mean, people forget that winning time is more like, it's more of a dramatization. Exactly. So, you know, it's not really like, it could be true, but it's probably not true. So that's probably where like all that kind of, you know, sort of came from. And I guess they kind of mm -hmm. had to beat it over the head. Like this is not, this is actually the real story. So now it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> so it is hilarious that they felt like they had to keep, you know, pushing that point home that, hey, this is actually the true story, unlike winning time. So and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of more swearing. I'm sure we'll we'll how much in depth will they go into? Will it be kind of like I'm sure they got some you know old footage from you know the AIDS. I'm sure they do, but uh mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how far do they go. 
Will it be like the Celtics Lakers, you know, trilogy? If you guys remember on, on 30 for 30, I love that was one of my favorites. Yeah, the uh, Lakers Celtics one. Yeah, that was very good. Yes. That was really mm -hmm. good. So we'll kind of like follow that pattern. Will it be like the last days? Or, or like it said, you know, it's going to be more more characters. Of course, you're probably going to say Magic Kareem, you know, among others, you know, Michael Cooper mm -hmm. and all those guys, you know, James Worthy and such. I'm sure, you know, Pat Riley too. So. Yeah, it would be. I might, I might check it out. So like I said, I might, I might check it out just to kind of see like how they really like sort of like really like you know pull the you know pull the curtain and kind of delve mm -hmm. into it. I know that uh, people have been giving rave reviews to the Apple TV Plus uh, documentary that they produce about Magic Johnson. I haven't seen it yet. Have you checked it out yet? No, I haven't. I'm waiting for it to go on YouTube. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> at least you're telling the truth. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but I heard that was very to. good. So. Maybe at some point I'll check out this Hulu, uh, the Hulu series. I'll, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait for it. I wait for it. Mm -hmm. I, I want to see if they got backing from NBA Entertainment to uh, release uh, some of that material. That's the real question. I'm sure yeah. they have us that want to put it out. Yeah, well, so I'm sure. I'm sure they probably put it out there. I'm sure. So I'm sure they they they're going to get some actual real footage of it. So I'm sure it's not going to do like snapshots because it wouldn't. It would kind of like ruin like the flow of the of the story. So I'm sure they yeah. they probably have. Got some footage for for NBA. So yeah, uh, when is that supposed to premiere, Sid? Uh, three weeks from today, August fifteenth, Monday, August fifteenth. The oh, first nice. two episodes will be available exclusively on Hulu. Okay, so you guys will definitely check that out too on Hulu. So should be interesting. Like I, said, I might check that out too, just to see kind of like what how it does it look and how really far deep they get into. But with that said, you can follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom Scrum McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch Second City Sports Podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at WARR Media. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Smash that like button. Share this program to any and everybody you know. And don't forget that you can catch Second City Sports live in Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, exclusively on Sports Zone Chicago. That's Second City Sports. Every Monday, every Friday, live in the Living Club from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. And speaking of Sports on Chicago, we are now available on Roku TV. That's right. You can catch Sports on Chicago now on Roku Television. You have Roku TV. Just click on the sports section and download Sports on Chicago app today. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You can download the Roku TV app on your iPhone, tablet, laptop. And make sure you whatever uh, device you have <laughs> exactly, and just click on the sports section and download that Sports on Chicago app today. So get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. All right, folks. I know it's getting. I know it's still very hot in some parts of the country. So uh, make sure you guys stay hydrated. You know, wash your hands, wear your mask if you're not gonna get vaccinated, and just be good to each other. This has been Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and uh, enjoy the games. You know, coming up this weekend, we're kind of getting to sort of like the training camps are opening up. So yeah, so we're almost there, folks. Oh boy! All right. So for Sid, I'm the Kansas Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Sox! Holla! <laughs>